Hey everybody, welcome to the Muscle Intelligence Podcast. I'm your host, Ben Pakulski. Today I'm sitting in my office with my laptop on my lap, um, having just spent the better part of 12 months um, writing out well over 100,000 words and clarifying my life and clarifying my message and really getting down to the nitty gritty of what I want to teach to the world. And I spent the last 20 years mastering muscle building. Um, I've tried absolutely everything under the sun. I've worked hard. Uh, I've done many things smart. I've done many things wrong. Um, and I've narrowed down muscle building to an extremely, extremely simple process that unfortunately very few people actually understand. And we really complicate it unnecessarily. Uh, it's a relatively simple process, yet it seems as though most people just don't understand it. It's if you, if you look at muscle building from its core root, its foundational principles, it's so effectively simple. Yet, like many things in life, we try to complicate it because we're looking for this complex answer. So in today's podcast, if you haven't already guessed, it's going to be a solo podcast, me telling you about, you know, ultimately decoding this muscle building piece the best I know how. Um, and I'll do my best to keep it as concise as possible, as action-oriented as possible, uh, as though you were coming in to me in my gym, in my house, wherever it may be, and learning everything that there is to learn about muscle building. Now, um, if you guys haven't heard my message around muscle building, because I know I don't preach it a lot on my podcast, I don't really get behind this idea of, of you know, shoving it down people's throat unless they ask. Um, one thing I want to get across is this absolute reality that at least 99% of people I've ever met in my life, and this includes the highest level athletes and the pro athletes and the pro bodybuilders are getting it wrong. And that doesn't mean you can't build muscle. It just means you're going to build it by accident. And some people can build it well by accident. Some people compensate really well. Some people have great genetics. Some people have huge drug regimens that allows you to overcome your genetic limitations or your absolute poor uh, execution in the gym. Most people just aren't getting it done in the gym. And there's many levels to not getting it done in the gym, right? There's this level of, well, you just don't work hard. So you don't have the necessary power output. There's the, the step that even precedes that, which is most people just don't have the skill. So if I wanted to read a book, Book. Well, first, I need to learn how to read the letters of the alphabet, and then I need to learn how to put them together in words, and then I put them together in sentences, and then I can read paragraphs, and eventually I can start to understand a language, and then eventually I can read fast and have a high level of comprehension. But most people, when it comes to fitness, they think it's just about working hard. And if you think about that logically, it's like reading books faster and faster and faster without actually understanding anything, right? So when I go in the gym, I want to get the most out of my workout, not necessarily do the most. I want to get the most of, the, of what I put in. So when you walk into the gym, your objective then is to not do as much as you possibly can. Your objective then is not to work as hard as you possibly can. The objective, first and foremost, should be to challenge muscles. We can all hopefully logically see how that path makes sense. So again, realizing guys, this isn't the fault of anyone. This is just the paradigm in the fitness industry today. For the last 40 years and probably beyond, there's been no thought, there's been no education, there's been just trial and error. And well, that really works for me. And then there's been science, which is trying to substantiate um, 
the physiological mechanisms behind building muscle. So we're looking at mechanical damage, we're looking at metabolic stress, we're looking at cell swelling, all these mechanical uh, mechanisms that happen inside the muscle of actually building muscle. So we know a fair amount about that. But what people neglect to um, understand is how to get those things to happen in the greatest proportion. And even when they try to equate um, three sets of eight versus three sets of 20, it's very hard to be able to equate those things when you haven't standardized the stimulus, right? So if I can't tell you that one rep is always one rep, well, how do I know that when I scale one of these variables that I'm actually progressing, right? So if, if you're doing a, you know, a set of bicep curls or a set of squats, most people, 95% of people, every rep will get progressively worse as the set goes on, as far as the amount of work being done in the muscle, right? So your body does this on purpose. Your body is evolved to make things easier. It's evolved to complete movements. It's evolved to be as efficient as possible. So burning as few calories as possible, challenging the muscle as little as possible, right? That's, that's evolution. So that's hundreds of thousands, if not millions of years of evolution to be safe, to be protective, to burn as few calories as possible. Now, we've come along and we've decided we're much smarter and we want to challenge these muscles rather than just, hey, I just want to do this exercise. Well, I want this muscle to actually grow. So it actually requires this really counterintuitive approach. You have to actually go, well, no, I don't want you, Mr. Muscle, to make this easy for me. I actually want to make it as hard as I possibly can because I want to challenge this muscle, which goes against everything your body's ever designed to do. So now you have to step back and say, well, how do I do that? And there's a lot of mistakes people make in this process. And I want to walk you guys through some very simple tactical action items as we go. And if you're sitting at home or in your car, whatever it is, and, and you have a muscle that you feel really well, it's called your biceps or your quads or something like that. Well, I want you to contract it. Let's say everybody now just t take your bicep into a fully contracted position so your forearm kind of touches your bicep. And I want you to squeeze it as hard as you can. And I want you to keep trying to progressively squeeze harder and squeeze harder and squeeze harder. And hopefully at some point you get to the point where you're contracting really, really hard. And you know, maybe it's almost cramping. And like hold that for a little longer. Now, can you hold that for five seconds? Can you hold that for 10 seconds? Most people, the answer will be no. You can hold it for one or two seconds and then you start to get tired. You go, ow, oh, you know, that really kind of hurts. And most people, if you're like most people, can't even squeeze it hard enough to the point where it cramps or actually starts to hurt. Now, this, this is where the problem begins to happen or the breakdown begins to happen, right? So objectively, our goal when building muscle should be to increase the amount of contractile potential that a muscle has. So I want this muscle to be able to contract as hard as I possibly can. And, and this is in a stationary position that we're looking at right now. So we're not moving. So we're not introducing these other confounding variables. We're just doing it in a position of isometric, which means I don't move. I'm just squeezing as hard as I can. So most of us will find you can't even squeeze for longer than three to five seconds in this stable position. Now that's no load. So if you can't do it to a maximum contraction to where it hurts, imagine the what's going to happen when you start to add load it starts adding other confounding variables on top right it becomes more challenging it becomes harder for you to focus on that muscle all these other things start to become equated so if, I, if i'm squeezing my bicep as hard as i can now i put a 30 pound dumbbell in your hand well you stop thinking about the, the bicep and you start thinking about the dumbbell in your hand so think about that right now we're taking all this focus away from the bicep putting it somewhere else well that makes it even harder for us to directly challenge a muscle so 
this psychological cognitive connection that we have with the muscle is absolutely imperative. It's a skill. I have to learn the skill of first being able to contract the muscle, two, being able to stay in that position, three, being able to mentally now take it through a range of motion when I have an implement in my hand. Those are all levels of a skill that people neglect. So most people go in the gym and they mindlessly sling shit from point A to point B. And, and that's awesome if you've never exercised before. Like getting off the couch and going to the gym is a very, very challenging thing for many people. But for you guys who are actually looking for a benefit from going to the gym, you, like you actually want to reap a reward for the amount of time and effort you're putting in, that makes absolutely no sense, right? I, I don't want to go to the gym to do three sets of eight and, and six exercises and get no results. Just like it, you don't want to go pick up a book, read it, read a book a week and get nothing out of it. I don't want to remember zero. I want to remember 100% if possible, right? Or as close to 100% as I can. Well, that's the same thing in exercise that people miss is people go into the gym and they do. They do and they do and they do and they leave and they get nothing. And they go, gosh, I don't know what I'm doing. I must have bad genetics or I must have poor nutrition or some BS, very, I don't sleep very well or some BS that they don't, that story that they tell themselves as to why they don't get results. And the reality is guys, most of us just aren't getting it done in the gym because they're not walking through these basic steps that I'll tell you today that are necessary for you to start actually building muscle. And the foundation of it all is going through this skill acquisition phase, this period by which we acquire the skill. So I wouldn't go and try to play a high-level basketball game if I didn't first learn the skill of dribbling, if I didn't first learn the skill of shooting and, and passing and, and you know running while I was dribbling and progressing that skill. So how can we then assume that we can walk into a gym and build a world-class physique or, or any appreciable amount of physique for, for our goal without first learning the skill. And this is the thing that everybody misses. Everyone goes, well, I need to work harder or I need to do more sets or more reps or more load, but they're missing this foundational piece that is skill acquisition. And this is what I've taken it upon myself over the last coming up on 10 years now to bring to your attention and the attention of the world as being the missing link in muscle building. Hopefully this explanation makes it clear to you as to why it just makes so much sense. So if I'm trying to do three sets of eight repetitions, so we're, we're going to equate. We want to try to go three sets of eight repetitions. And then next week, we're going to do three sets of eight. So this week was three sets of eight with 100 pounds. And next week's going to be three sets of eight with 120 pounds. Did I make progress? Well, just because I'm using 20% more, does that mean I'm actually doing more work in the muscle I'm trying to train? Let's call it a pec. And the answer is no. Even though your logic would say, well, it's more weight, it has to be more work. It's more work, but it's not necessarily more work to your pec. So how then do we equate to say that if I make this logical and linear progression from 100 to 120 pounds or from three sets to four sets, how do I definitively know that I'm actually doing more work? Well, the only way is if I standardize the stimulus. Every single rep needs to be identical, right? Or as close to identical as possible, getting the most out of the, out of the muscle as possible. Trying to make sure that... Uh, I don't progressively get worse with fatigue. I don't progressively get worse with uh, volume, right? Which is very, very logical. Um, if you get tired, chances are it's going to get worse for a lot of people until you've mastered the skill. So I suggest that everyone 
pay attention to these facets of skill acquisition and then how you progress from there. And I've built out a, a logical uh, framework for you to understand this. And I've also got it available on muscleintelligence.com under the foundations of building muscle document, free lead doc. You guys can have it all. Um, gives you all these things uh, listed out in order. Now, one thing that I want to start with is kind of the three biggest mistakes, the three places where everyone goes wrong, because chances are this will allow you to relate. Because most people go in the gym and they say, hey, man, you just got to work hard. Who's heard that before? And does that make sense? Well, that makes sense for two ends of the continuum, right? For someone who's a low-level beginner, if you've been training less than a year, you're absolutely right. Just working hard in the gym is going to get your results. And the other people who that makes sense for are the people that you're learning from. It's the people you're watching on YouTube and Instagram and magazines and, and wherever else you're learning exercise. And those are the people that are very, very high-level fitness professionals. Working hard for them makes absolute sense. Why? Because they've standardized the stimulus already. They're already experts at fitness. So for them, the only thing that's left to do is either scale the effort or somehow intelligently manipulate the stimulus, which again, I can tell you about what that means uh, as we go out through this conversation. But um, they only have two modes of progression. Once, a, once every rep is identical, well, then we can either just work harder or we can manipulate the stimulus. So the three types of stimuli are going to be a nervous system stimulus, so strength stimulus whereby I make my nervous system work more effectively and more efficiently, and I get more muscles contracting per uh, contraction. So more muscle fibers contract per contraction. Uh, another means of progression is this mechanical uh, stimulation to the muscular system. That's a, a direct stimulus we're after, or it could be a metabolic stimulus, right? So we have three different types of stimuli that you can kind of chase after once you've standardized the stimulus. So if you uh, are someone who hasn't standardized the stimulus, which I tell you definitively, 99% of the people that I see in the gym are not nowhere close to this. And if you just take six weeks, maximum three months, to go through a phase that I call the primer phase, which is priming your muscles for growth, right? We're going through these neurological adaptations. So we're training the nervous system, training the brain to understand this movement pattern so I can do it with my eyes closed in my sleep. Now, then and only then, can I start to scale my volume and my load and my effort and actually have those things make sense, right? So. The biggest mistake or, or of one of the biggest mistakes I see people making is just going in there and working hard and thinking that periodization is the answer, right? So what are the most common questions people ask? Well, hey, man, how many exercises do I do for my weak body part, right? How many sets and reps and what's the best split? These are all questions that everybody asks. Should I train heavy, right? Should, you know, or should I train light? What's the best way to do it? And people are just asking the wrong questions. You're barking up the wrong tree if you're asking those questions. What you should be asking is, hey, how do I do this better because better has to precede more, right? Seek better and better, not more and more first. And, and always, to be honest, what I've noticed in myself and all of my high level clients is that there's never a period where it's perfect. And if it is, it's very short. And it's always this progression because if I'm perfect with 20 pounds and I go to 30 pounds, all of a sudden I'm not perfect anymore. And that scales, right? If I'm at 100 pounds and I go to 110 pounds, well, all of a sudden it's not perfect anymore. There's always this progression toward, quote unquote, perfection, perfection of the stimulus, perfecting the stimulus. So as you scale effort, as you scale load, you have to cont continuously scale the scale. It always gets better and better and better. 
to eventually you get to a point where then hopefully there's you're kind of have this insurmountable ceiling where you're just hey i'm great at every rep that i've ever done in my life and i couldn't do a cheat rep if i tried and that's kind of where i am now i think there's still some exercises where i'm a little bit loose and realize this is different for every body part right some body parts you're going to get it right away and those will be the ones that develop really fast for you and some body parts you're not going to get it very quickly and those are the ones that uh, it's going to take longer it's going to take more frequent practice right um so if we walk through the second thing that I uh, want you guys to acknowledge as far as places that people go wrong, not acknowledging structural differences. And I talk about this in every one of my camps and courses around the world. You're different than me. You're different than the person sitting beside you. You're different than your spouse. You're different than your training partner. We all have different limb lengths. We all have arms, legs, different arm length, arms and legs. We all have different size pelvis. We all have different length clavicle. We all have different size rib cage, different angle of sternum. Therefore, when I get into an exercise and I lift a weight, it's going to be very different than when you lift a weight, right? So a bench press for me does not look the same as a bench press for you as far as the way that my muscles respond to the stimulus. So remember, this is hopefully a good visual for you guys. If I lay down in a bench press and you lay down in a bench press and one and I have a really big rib cage and you have a really flat rib cage, as you can imagine, the orientation of the muscles on the front of my body are very different than the orientation of the muscles on the front of your body. So therefore, the muscular recruitment pattern will be different. I may recruit it. It doesn't make it better or worse. It's just different. So it's important to acknowledge that an exercise that works really well for me may work absolutely terrible for you. And the bench press is a beautiful example because I can get into a bench press, bench relatively heavy weight, and recruit my pecs really, really well because of the angle of my sternum and the size of my rib cage. It's always been the case. Most people I meet get into a bench press and get sore shoulders or you know sore bicep tendons or uh, you know can't build their upper pec. And they're just like, I don't know why I can't do it. Well, I can. It's because these exercises don't fit you. Another thing that'll kind of blow most people's mind is that a flat bench press is more of an upper chest exercise for 95% of the people I meet, just based on the fact that they have a flat sternum. But that's not the topic of conversation here. So as far as the things to acknowledge in um, structural differences, well, all your rib cage, right? Or the orientation of all these different structures. And then you have to look at what the origin insertion are that every muscle has two ends. So if you just want to draw a line between those two ends, that's the action of those muscles. Pulling one end closer to the other is the literal action of that muscle. And then the only objective then within that, within muscle building, is to add resistance against it. That's it. So learn the action of the muscle. Look at the action with your eyes. Find two ends of a muscle. So if I look at my pec, I know my insertion is here on my humerus and my origins are here along my, along my sternum. So all I have to do then is pull my insertion closer to my origins and that tells me what the action of this muscle is. And now acknowledging there's many different fibers in this muscle. So I could go to the clavicular fibers. I could go to the more um, uh, sternal fibers. Um, all of those have value. All those different arm paths are useful. So again, not to beat a dead horse, but acknowledging that um, you have to acknowledge that certain exercises are going to work for you and certain ones aren't. So not being attached to watching your favorite YouTube celebrity and going, hey, that dude's got huge quads, therefore I should squat like him or I should do exercise like him because you're not him. So you need to learn what works for you. Number three, three biggest things that people do wrong. 
or places where they um, make a mistake is they have an external focus. They're focusing on things outside of their body and they're focusing on how much they lift, how many reps, how many sets, how much volume. And that comes, as you guys can imagine, from uh, childhood, a youth of being rewarded for the external, right? You score a goal, you, you win. You jump higher, you run faster, you're rewarded for these things. And that that is useful in sports and athletics. When it comes to building muscle, you have to throw that paradigm in, away. Um, why? Because muscles exist inside of our body and the external is only useful in as much as it creates an internal stimulus, right? And trying to create this internal stimulus, this internal response that triggers my muscles to grow. And there's a lot of layers there that have to be present for my muscles to grow. And again, we don't have to get into that, but that's actually where the six uh, pillars of a lean, healthy, and muscular physique come in, or the six activators of a six of a lean, healthy, and muscular physique come in, um, is all these things that need to be present for your muscle to optimally build muscle. So obviously, we know training is a big one. Sleep is a massive one. The autonomic nervous system is another one. What's your autonomic balance? Are you always sympathetic or are you parasympathetic? Uh, mindset is one because your mind controls what's going on inside your body environment is a big one that we don't think about and obviously sleep is a big one so all these things tie in to creating this internal environment for building muscle or losing fat both of which by the way should be uh, parallel right it doesn't have to be muscle building or fat loss i believe they should be happening at the same time if your body is healthy and optimized and flourishing and there's a lot of levels to that but that's really where it begins and a simple way for you guys to start thinking about this is all these external things are just a mechanism by which to so, to subject your body to external forces, right? Your body responds on the inside to external forces. What's an external force? Well, it may be a, a dumbbell. It may be a barbell. It may be a cable. It may be a machine. It's just a force. So it doesn't matter if it's a free weight or it's a machine. It's just a force being applied on your body. And your body's constantly interpreting these forces and going, gosh, is this thing going to be uh, there often? Well, then I should adapt and, and get stronger or get bigger. Maybe I don't have to get stronger or bigger. Maybe it's weaker if I'm trying to do marathons or whatever it may be. So you have to think about that. What forces am I subjecting my body to and how am I going to get it to adapt? And, and the winning formula for starting to understand controlling these internal variables is learning this, this three-letter acronym I've come up with that really simplifies every exercise. And anyone who's ever been to my camp or if you've taken one of my courses, you know, SSI, right? Which is set up, stabilize, and initiate. So how I set up for any exercise is going to determine exactly how this muscle is going to be recruited, if it's going to be recruited. Um, and there's all of these exercises uh, spelled out for you on my website, Muscle Intelligence, and on hypertrophymastery.com, which is a course that I do. Um, and then number two, so we've got set up which is individual to your body again. And then I've got stabilized. And stability is this piece that everyone seems to just not acknowledge. And if you guys are going to remember anything from this conversation, please remember SSI. So how I set up determines success and failure. Stability determines contractile ability. If I don't have stability, I can't contract muscles, right? And Greg Roscoff uses the brilliant analogy. Well, if I stand on ice, how is my ability to contract? It's, it's significantly less because my body senses instability, so it downregulates contraction. So stability is massive. If you don't have stability, you can't contract. If you have a weak body part, I will guarantee you with 100% certainty that you're unstable at the 
origin end of the muscle, most likely. So if it's your legs that you're not building, you likely have a very unstable pelvis. If it's your arms or your pecs or your lats, it's very likely you have unstable scapula um, or something around your shoulder is unstable. So it's always those things. So you need to learn a strategy for improving stability. Now, as Dr. Jordan Shallow will tell you guys, stability obviously has to be preceded by mobility, right? If I want to get a more stable shoulder, well, first I have to be able to get in those positions of instability. And if I'm really tight because my body's weak, my body will tighten up if it senses weakness. So I need to be able to get to those positions. So mobility has to precede stability and stability will, will precede strength and hypertrophy. So all these things are so important for you to understand when it comes to actually understanding building some muscle. Um, I know this is getting uh, to be a lot, but I really want you guys to begin to understand uh, the, the foundations of intelligent muscle building, right? So it's not just going into a gym and swinging weights like a mindless monkey. It's not the goal, right? The goal is not to go in there and move weight. The goal is to challenge muscles. Hopefully we can get that. Now, if I said I wanted you to create one repetition, I wanted you to make it as hard as you possibly could, what would that feel like? Would it be fast or slow? Right? So you, you And I wanted to make it as hard as you possibly could at every inch of the rep. So you'd probably contract really, really hard from that extended position. Then you'd start to move it and it'll be really hard, even with no weight at all. So even if you have very little weight in your hand, you can still objectively try to make it harder. Yes, we need to add load. Load is a big part of the equation. It's not just about squeezing inside your mind because that's not going to get the results done. But first and foremost, let's learn how to squeeze things without resistance. Because as I said earlier, it's important to acknowledge that as soon as I put resistance in my hand or on my back, it's much harder for your brain to focus on that single factor being just contracting muscles hard. So um, I've got a long list. <laughs> As I said, I've been writing a lot of this stuff for a long time. I've got a long list of things that are kind of prerequisites that need to go into building your greatest body and building maximum muscle in the shortest amount of time ultimately creating massive efficiency in your workouts because we don't want to have to work out for two hours to create a small amount of stimulus, right? We want to be able to work out for 30 to 40 minutes and create a massive amount of stimulus, which gets our body to respond. So the, the foundation of it all is learning to, to first acknowledge your structural um, limitations or your structure. Then it's building the skill of exercise. And the skill narrows down to these three letters that I brought to you, which is S, S, I. That is the foundation of skill. How I set up for my body, how do I create stability, and how do I initiate being the last one? How do I initiate with the working muscle? So initiating with the working muscle is very simple because most people, if you watch them in the gym, and now I'm sure you will, um, have a very hard time with not moving their body. So when I say stability, I guess I want to dive a little deeper in there. It's literally mobilizing your body as much as possible because your body's designed to cheat. So your body's going to look for ways to cheat. If your body has a, a big muscle group that can it can use to move, it's going to move into position to use that other muscle group. So you have to make sure you stabilize and 
immobilize your body from cheating and then use the muscle you're trying to work to initiate the movement. Um, so guys, I could talk about this stuff for hours and hours and hours, and I'm sure there's a lot of questions. I'm sure there's a lot of uncertainty, but really my goal with this conversation today was to bring to you a thought process behind, hey, what is the primary goal in going to the gym? So if your goal is to build muscle, the goal then is to challenge muscles, right? It's not to complete repetitions. So the next time you walk into the gym and your program reads three sets of eight, Remember, the goal is not to do three sets of eight necessarily, right? The goal is to challenge the muscle. Three sets of eight is just giving you a guideline for the amount of time that you want to be spending challenging this muscle. So use the three sets of eight repetitions as a uh, guideline for you to start um, determining how much load to use, how much resistance to use, um, rather than having it be a... Uh, and, 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 be all and end all to this program, right? So don't be attached to three sets of eight. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter if they're all shit, right? You can't do three sets of eight if they all suck. It doesn't make a difference. It's not the goal. The goal is to make it as hard as you possibly can for that muscle. And then this gets into the mindset of it. And I love the mindset piece. You know, that's really my true passion now that I've, I feel as though this, this muscle building piece is something that I've uh, come to understand very well is the mindset piece then, is how do I seek challenge, right? How do I, instead of avoiding it like most people do, how do I you know, see it and train myself to walk straight into the fire? Because I know that that's where the true benefit lies, is in that fire, that burning, that discomfort, where it's going to be hard, where it's going to be heavy, where it's going to make me stronger. It's going to force me to be stronger physically and mentally. I have to see that and I have to walk straight toward it. And I, in my document here, which will eventually be my book, I wrote it into, you know, the metaphor that I um, paint for myself every time I'm walking into that proverbial fire, how to get closer and closer and closer to that proverbial fire. And the true champions are the ones that could stand there and feel the searing heat of the fire and know that the fire is their friend and you're not going to be hurt. It's only going to be uh, helping you become better and better and better and ultimately building that callus and getting stronger mentally, physically um, better at doing this. So I've got endless information for you guys, which is going to be available at muscleintelligence.com. Or if you've already uh, picked up that document, chances are you could be listening to this podcast because you picked up that document. I hope you enjoy it. Um, we have endless information coming at you to help you build your greatest body. If you want to take action right now, head over to hypertrophymastery.com. It's linked in the show notes and you guys can pick up my latest and greatest course on how to do all this stuff. We're also doing camps and seminars all around the world right now. Uh, you can check out muscleintelligence.com or musclecamps.com and check that out because I hope to be able to share this information with the entire world. And before I let you go, I, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, why I chose to do this and kind of the state of the fitness industry right now with um, this really sad reality of how social media has negatively impacted the fitness industry. And, you know, fitness and the social media is such a beautiful thing, right? It's this amazing opportunity to connect, but people are really using it in a negative way. So my, my vision in the fitness industry is to become the catalyst for creating more mindful 
uh, intelligent athletes, mindful, intelligent fitness enthusiasts. And that doesn't have to be an athlete in the sense that they compete or they're a pro athlete, but anyone who loves to exercise, anyone who really wants to live a great life in a body they love, let's all help each other to become more present, to become more conscious and become more mindful. And I want every one of you to realize your training, if that's something you're gonna do every day anyways, it's your greatest opportunity to become more present to become more mindful, to become more conscious in your body and yourself and the way you think and the way you feel and using your training as an opportunity to become more mindful rather than become mindless, right? Most people go in the gym and they want to numb out. They put their music on a little loud and they just grit, grit their teeth and they go. And that has value for some people sometimes. If you're just trying to turn your brain off, I get sometimes the necessity to do that. But really the greatest opportunity lies in becoming more present, becoming more mindful and, and like connecting with your body and feeling and feeling your brain's desire to be distracted and lose focus and, and not be able to go deep into this one meditative experience that exercise should be. And I really encourage you guys all to consider exercise as a meditative experience. And you'll notice me being, you know, with my eyes closed 95% of the time, Obviously, on squats and such exercises, I'll have my eyes open so I can orient myself. But if there's an exercise where I can, I'll have my eyes closed. So I'm really becoming meditative about it. And really, it becomes a mental exploration. It becomes this opportunity to develop your mind because you need to realize you cannot develop your body without developing your mind. These two things happen synergistically. And as your body gets stronger, as your body becomes more stable and becomes more muscular, your your mind becomes stronger as well. These things cannot be mutually exclusive. So I, I really encourage you to spread this message of intelligent muscle building. This opportunity to become the greatest version of yourself lies in your greatest discipline, your greatest struggle every day. And most of us don't have, I mean, maybe we have stress, but your physical endeavors, your opportunities to implement discipline, sitting right there in front of you in the gym, like, are you gonna quit? Are you gonna develop character? Are you gonna have discipline to follow through with what you said you're gonna do, right? And this is really where I think um, a lot of social media is leading our young population in the fitness industry astray is, you know, it's such an instant gratification, massively entitled culture. It's really sad, honestly. People are coming out saying, hey, what, what can you do for me? Rather than what can I do for you? And everyone's so entitled to think like, hey, I have a great social media following, so therefore you should give me something. You should give me a sponsorship. You know, I'm entitled to something because I'm popular. Nobody gives a shit. The people who have done something in their life have no idea who you are. So I suggest that we all lose this entitled nature and start taking on an attitude of gratitude, an attitude of giving rather than taking. It really is sad, the number of people that come to me or approach me and are looking for things rather than coming and offering you know, to help and contribute and provide value. And providing value is where you learn to grow or you will really begin to thrive. The more value you create, the more successful you become and people will know you for providing value and asking nothing in return, right? I do my best to provide as much value as I can to every single person I meet. Like, I'm not asking for something in return. Just go ahead and learn. Take what we can. Now, the only thing I ask in return, if there is one, is that you help somebody as well, right? Help somebody as well. If, if you see somebody who needs some guidance or wants some guidance, rather than be negative and putting them down and saying, oh, look at those people over there, they don't know what they're doing or look at their fat or their whatever, 
No. Give, serve, and the world will become a better place. And that will be my contribution to the fitness industry is to take this uh, very, very asleep demographic of ego-driven people and turn us all, and myself included, having been one of them and at some level probably still am, uh, into the most awakened, enlightened subculture in the world is how do we create this really, really awesome group of motivated, uh, loving, caring, serving, uh, healthy, healthy people. Uh, that's really the goal. So, um, you know, I encourage each and every one of you to share this podcast and uh, share this message if you don't want to share this podcast with someone you know that will enjoy it, someone that will benefit from it. And uh, I won't rant any longer, but hopefully you guys have enjoyed the podcast. And uh, as always, I appreciate you giving me your time. And thank you for joining me on the new Muscle Intelligence Podcast and being part of this new mission to create a enlightened, conscious group of fitness enthusiasts around the world who take an intelligent approach to building their best body. Have an amazing day. Ben Pikulski out. Thank you so much for tuning in to Muscle Intelligence. If you enjoyed today's episode, please be sure to share it with at least one person you know. Make sure you're subscribed so you never miss an episode. This podcast is for information purposes only. The statements and views on this podcast are not medical advice. This podcast, including Ben Pikulski and the producers, disclaim responsibility for any possible adverse effects from the use of information contained herein. Opinions of guests are their own, and this podcast does not endorse or accept responsibility for statements made by guests. This podcast does not make any representations or warranties about guest qualifications or credibility. This podcast may contain paid endorsements or advertisements for products or services. Individuals on this podcast may have a direct or indirect financial interest and products or services referred to herein. If you think you have a medical problem, consult a licensed physician.